Hello, and welcome to the podcast of Pastor James Biddle and Emmanuel Assemblies of God in Knoxville, Tennessee. We're so glad you've taken the time to listen. If you're ever in our area, we invite you to join us for one of our worship services. For times and locations, please visit at EmmanuelAG.com. Remember, we are blessed to be a blessing. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word today. and We ask you to, um, to open up our hearts that we would hear from you this morning. Lord, we ask you to assist us that we could set ourselves aside and that your Holy Spirit would do his work. Let's all pray this out loud. Heavenly Father, I ask you right now to move in me, to comfort me, to heal me, to bring me your truth that ministers just to me. Change me by the power of your word to become more like your son, Jesus. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. Amen. You know, um, I'll tell you just a little background on, uh, I was not, I've shared this with some of you guys before. I was not raised in church and um, I started going to church when I was, had just turned um, 21 and uh, uh, graduated from college, started going to church. I went to church all on my own because I had a drinking problem and I knew I was in trouble and I had tried lots of other things for a couple of years and I just decided to go to church all on my own. So I got up on a Sunday morning, put on my suit and tie, went to the big Baptist church in town and heard the gospel and it just radically changed me. It radically changed me and um, I've had the opportunity to, in the last few months, to really to share a lot of great Christian things, Christian principles and biblical things with my dad. And um, my dad was a really, really awesome man. And, um, um, and my dad really uh, started dedicating his life to the Lord in the last, I don't know, two or three years of his life. And uh, I gave him a, a devotional. Uh, at, my mom passed away in April, so right after that, I gave my dad a Billy Graham devotional. And it was, it's seriously, it was like probably like three inches thick. And it was like gold leaf, really, really nice. And I gave him this devotional. My dad had never had a devotional before. I don't even know if he really knew what one was. And so I gave it to him and I was like, Dad, this is the, you know, has a verse in here and you read this. And he had, a, I gave him a Bible. And, and so he started reading the devotional and then he would tell me, oh, I'm reading that, that Billy Graham book you gave me. That's really great. And then in about, I think it was like six weeks, he had read 200, you know, it was a daily devotional. He had read 242 devotionals. And he said, you know, this book is way better than just one a day. Really, everybody should read three or four of these a day. So it was so awesome to see my, that the word of God was coming alive to my dad. And um, as it got close in the last uh, couple of weeks before, um, before my dad passed away, we just got to have some really great talks. And um, I started sharing some scriptures with him. And I first started sharing scriptures with him about heaven. And uh, it was like sitting down with a five-year-old and telling them, there's really a Santa. Even though we know that Jesus is better than Santa. But I told him, I said, I read him about that Jesus has gone before us and he's making a mansion for us. And my dad said, well, really, he's, he's building something for me? And I was like, yes. So I started sharing these things with my dad and I started sharing scriptures and then we had lots of great talks. I feel like I had end of life talks with my dad, one that I thought that I would never have. And I don't think many people get to have these kind of talks. I've never really 
people maybe do, but I've never really heard of it. But I would just sit in front of my dad and I would read scripture and we would talk. And, and he, he had talked about how he was kind of disappointed that I never had a son because the Mills last name and our lineage stops with me. And we started talking about names and what our purpose in life has been. And he started talking about how he has the best kids in the world and how proud he is of us. And he, um, and for those of you that don't know, my first wife passed away about 11 years ago. And one of the things that my dad said to me that was so powerful, he said to me about two months after she passed away, he said, you know what I told your mom? He said, I told your mom, you don't have to worry about Rick and his kids. God always takes care of them. And I knew that my life was really making an impact on him. So we, we would sit and we read scripture verses together and we started talking about our purpose in life. And I started sharing with him about different guys that I discipled and, and that they're married now and they have kids. And we just started talking about different scriptures and what our purpose is and how we can be destiny changers. And as I was reading some scriptures with him, I'll be honest with you, there were some things that I thought it would go to that first slide for me. It was that we started talking about our name and our family name and our purpose and destiny. And then we, we I started talking to him about the the purpose in my life is is yeah I have my kids, but I have other people that God has allowed me to speak into their life, and I know that their life is better, God, because God used me. Some of them are in heaven because I was able to share the gospel with them. And I, we just started talking about our names and what is in, what is really a good name. And I started thinking about how we sometimes lose what our really our purpose is and what our name is. And, um, you know, it's, it seems like it's a lot bigger deal nowadays than it was like when I had kids because people are, which I think is great, because people will pick a name for their child, but they want to know the definition a lot of times of the name. So it's so easy to find that now. And, uh, and of course, in the Bible, we know that was really, really important when they picked someone's name because it, it meant something that was about, it was something prophetic and it was about their destiny. And um, when uh, my first daughter, Natalie, was born, we... Um, uh, she was due on December the 29th, and so we just tried to figure out what you know what are we gonna name her. We we were for a while we were gonna name her Stephanie, and then we just changed it and we decided to name her Natalie. And so we named her Natalie. And about three months before we um, had her, somebody gave my wife a uh, a baby book, and she said, "I said well, let's look up the name. What is Natalie?" And it comes from the word nativity, and it means Christmas child. And we thought, well, that's really cool. And so she actually ended up being born on Christmas Day. And we thought, well, that's really cool. And so a lot of times growing up, we would talk to her, you know, we would mention that or my daughter, Natalie, she was maybe, you know, maybe, you know, seven or eight years old. And she would say, I was, you know, I'm Natalie because I was born on Christmas. It means nativity, you know, it means Christmas child. And then Haley, my daughter, Haley, she was born and we picked her name because we liked it, but it wasn't real common at the time. And uh, except for if you know Haley Mills, anybody here know the actress Haley Mills? Yeah. Every time, yeah, every people over 50 know that name. And, um, she was in the first parent trap, if you don't know that. But anyway, some people would mention that. So it was, and then one day we were in the car and Haley said, I know what Natalie's name means, but what, what does my name mean? And I was like, of course, you know, it's, it's, it's dad time at that point. And I'm like, mm, I'm just not sure I should really tell you. She was like, why shouldn't you tell me? And my wife's sitting over there going, oh gosh, here it comes. And I said, well, it means a bird had diarrhea on a rock. <laughs> 
She's like, it doesn't really mean that, does it? I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm sorry. That's why we never told you what your name. And then we had later, of course, story we were joking. But um, we still kind of joke. I still kind of tease her about that. A bird had diarrhea and a rock. And anyway, but her name, but her name means hero. And so, but um, you know how it is, Pastor Michael. We got to We got to get our kids when we can, right? We got to We got to tease them a little bit. Let's look at the next scripture about about our about our names and about what God wants to do wants to do with us and about. Um, Let's dig into this. Proverbs 20, 20, uh, 22. If you must choose, take a good name rather than great riches. For to be held in loving esteem is better than silver or gold. And you know, we'll do something with your name tags. And we have some name tags in front of you a little bit. But you know what? We know we all know our names. So I'm going to put this microphone down just a little bit. I, I know you can, uh, because I'm a dad, I know I could yell and you can hear me, right? All dads, amen. Anyway, but you guys know me as Rick. But I have a lot of other names, and some of the names people gave me, but some I gave to myself. So I'm Rick. You know me as Rick. And then some know me as Dad. And then some know me as Husband. Some know me as Brother. These are, these are all some of my names. And some, which is this has become one of my all-time favorites because of my grandson, Sam. He knows me as Poppy. And then some of the grandkids, and even my kids now call me Pops. But also, part of me, and part of the name that I have <laughs> by how people view me, is I'm also a strategist because I like strategies. And then sometimes, because I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a strategy person, I'm pushy. And all those around me that know me well said, yes, amen. <laughs> I'm also known as being creative. I'm also known as being a joker, someone that's fun. And then my sister, we were telling funny stories with my dad, they called me the brother abuser. I was an abuser. I loved to abuse my sisters. When my sisters would bring a boyfriend to the house, it was my time to be, the, I would have a sister that's 14 months older than me and a sister that's seven years younger than me. When my, um, and for some of you that are, you know, under the age of 30, you may not understand this, but when I was growing up and it was a big deal to get your class ring in school, you would order your ring and you could get your birthstone, you could get your school color and you could put any kind of little saying on there. And it was a big deal. How many of you guys remember it was a big deal to get a class ring? Yeah. Get, it was a big deal to get, get a class ring. And then after you got, a guy got his class ring and he was going to make a real serious commitment to his girlfriend, would he would give her the ring and she put a bunch of yarn around the end of it, remember, or put some tape around it or wear it around her neck. And so my, my sister had a boyfriend named Steve and he came to the house and, and um, I love to just embarrass this guy. So he would come over for dinner. And I would wait till he's looking at me, and I would like to literally, I would like shove a green bean in my nose, and he would look at me, start laughing, and I would pull it out, and he would sit there laughing. Nobody knew what we were laughing about. But I love to do things that would kind of embarrass him, and um, and uh, one time he got his class ring, and I said to him, I said, so we're sitting in her eating, I said, hey, I see you got your class ring. Well, that's really nice. Can I see it? And he took it off and he gave it to me, and, and I'd say, so uh, when when is my sister going to start wearing this? <laughs> he would be like, well, I'm not really sure. I'm really ready to, like, really give that to someone. I just got it. And, you know, but I, anyway, so I love to abuse my sisters. My sister had, 
went on, for college, she went to, on spring break, and she met this guy who went to the University of Michigan. We're Ohio State's fans, so he was already just dead meat. And so, anyway, so, but Bert, his name was Bernie. So Bernie came to the house, and I just knew I just had to, I was just the big, the brother abuser. And so, um, so we were outside, it was in the summertime, and we were, um, all outside, and my grandmother was at the house, and she went in to go to the restroom, and then Bernie came, and so he was like, he came, and we were talking a little bit, and he came in, and I knew my grandma was in the bathroom, and the lock was broken, and so I said, oh, we always keep the door closed, just go on in. And I purposely did it so he would walk into my grandmother on the toilet. I was just mean. I was just mean. I could tell you more, but um, it would frighten you. Uh, but I was just, I was so mean to my sisters. And so we laughed and laughed about that a lot. But anyway, so also the part of me that becomes my name sometimes is, oh, too fat. Oh, the other one? Which, well, it's my family likes it too, but I have a massive nose. Like when I was in Colorado, kids would snowboard off of it. It was, it was bad. And also, also part, of, part of me is what's become part of me, and sometimes my name is I'm a discipler. I love discipling people. I love discipling young people. Oh, man, when I was a kid, it was so embarrassing. Now, some of you will remember this if you're, you know, I'm in my late 50s, very late 50s. Just turned 59 last week in late 50s. But when I had to buy school clothes, my mom took me to Sears and I had to shop in the Huskies. <laughs> right, Tom? And like, oh, dang. Dang, it sucked. Anyway, and then there's, there's, yeah, now they've made it big and tall. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, you know, and, then, and then a lot of times I'm fearful. I just deal with fear about different things. I'm getting it. <laughs> and then some people know me as pastor, which I, I love I love pastoring people. Also, when I was growing up, I was such a nerdy kid. I did my homework on the bus. My grades were really important to me until I got in seventh grade and discovered there were girls, and then that went away. But I used to wear this orange Elmer Fudd, you know those, those hunting, fluorescent orange hunting hats? I used to wear one of those. And then there was high schoolers and stuff. I was like in third grade. There was high schoolers and middle school kids on my bus. And they picked on me for doing my homework all the time. Sometimes they would steal my homework. I fooled them. I did my homework and I folded it up and I stuck it under the hat and put down the ear flaps and snapped it. And they did not steal my homework. I was a nerd. I'm also, part of me is I know I'm a leader. And the bummer part sometimes of being a leader is I took a personality test a while back and I had to put out your leadership skills and then it showed you what your backup style is. It means that you get under stress, you're, in the, you're backed into the corner, you don't have enough time. Ugh, and it said I become a dictatorial steamroller. Yikes. But these things become, become who I am. It's what people call me, but it's how I see myself. And now it's... It's a part, it's so much a part of me that sometimes these things become a battle. Some of my names, I love being dad. I love being a husband. I love being a brother. I love being poppy. I love being a leader. I love being a discipler. But I've got all these other things that a lot of times that I call myself. I still think I'm kind of nerdy. I still think I'm too fat. I still think I can be a dictatorial steamroller. And those things have become a part of, have become a part of me. Let's look at a, 
Oh. Um, a lot of times, too, that we, we see our, our identification, and that sometimes says who we are. And I was talking to you about, I used to be, I won't go into all the details of this because it's not a pretty sight, but it used to be a big party, or my friends used to say I passed out like this at parties. So like, if you don't believe it, I brought a little picture to show you. <laughs> In college? I know it's frightening. That's not all that's too fuzzy about that day. Anyway, but um, our identification also doesn't really show us who we are. So I want to walk you guys through some verses today, and then uh, I think we're going to do something really cool at the end. So let's look at, I've got a couple of verses I want to show you. The next one, here it is. You're follow along with me. It's from Philippians chapter 2. Your attitude should be the same as Christ Jesus who being in, being in very nature, the very nature uh, of God did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but made himself nothing, <laughs> taking the very nature of a servant. Next. Being ma made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself, became obedient to death, even to death on a cross. And I've, I think I've maybe shared this here before, but when I read this verse, I think two things. I think that Jesus actually died two deaths. I think that Jesus died the death to himself, and then he died a physical death. Does that make sense? Because D Jesus really did take on the nature of a servant, then took on the nature of God, and by doing that, he said, you know what? I died to myself. God, if there's any way that this cup can pass away from me, let's do it. But Jesus died to himself and his will and his plan, and then he also died a physical death. But look at this. I'm going to show you another verse here and then talk about what this, what this, what this means and kind of put it in more perspective. It says, Who though was God, the nature of God, did not cling to his rights as God, but made himself of no reputation. Think about that. When I think about all these names that I have, it's great that I have, that I have my, my name from birth, that of dad, husband, and so forth. But how great is it that with all the other things that I deal with, if I could do this, be this person to be a person to, like Jesus, to have no <laughs> reputation. In the Greek definition, it means to choose to make empty. When Jesus died, he chose, when he died himself, he chose to make himself empty. Look at another verse here. John chapter 1. But to all who did receive him, who believed in him, his name, he gave the right to become the children of God. I get to uh, take these off here. So Jesus became, Jesus is the, is the Son of God, but all of us who know him and have a relationship with him, we have become also joint heirs with him. Think about the things that Jesus is called. Let's look at Jesus. We'll give Jesus some name badges this morning. There's actually a hundred, I read online, there's 193 different names. It's not adjectives, but different names for, for Christ Jesus. So I'm going to give you a few. He's the Prince of Peace. He's the Comforter. He, Jesus is known as the Holy One. Jesus is known as the Good Shepherd. 
Jesus' name and who he is is Deliverer. Something's getting delivered. <laughs> Woo. Make sure we've got that on audio. <laughs> I think I think I should move the microphone there. All right, here we go. So Jesus is is an heir to the throne. Jesus is also known as as a holy servant. He's known as, we sang about it this morning, the lion, the lion of Judah. Jesus is known as the light of the world. He's our redeemer. He's the way, the truth, the life. He's the healer. Jesus is like I said, this I got to share this with my dad, and it was I'll never ever forget the expression on his face because he never heard it before. But Jesus is the mansion builder. <coughs> he is the just one. He's our advocate. That is so awesome. He's our advocate. He's the author and the perfecter of our what? Of our faith. I love this. That Jesus Christ is our mediator. Also, Jesus is known as the rock. Not the movie star, of course, but the rock. He's the door and he's the way. He's the victorious one, which means that you are victorious. Amen? And of course, he's known as the son of God. How cool is it that if I could start to take some of my other names off and to start wearing these? Let's look at the next verse. Next, the next slide. So many times that as we're going through life, we are walking with God, we're serving him. Our past comes up, we get upset. You get something happens at work get in a fight with your spouse, a family member, something happens in your life and you're back to just feeling dirty. And that becomes your name. Next, you feel like a mistake. I met with a guy the other day that was, um, parents weren't married, never got married. And he said, you know, he said, I know they weren't trying to have me. I was a mistake. Next, should become a person where you're just living in doubt. Will he really do this for me? Next. Your name becomes pride, where you're just prideful in what you do and you know it's a problem. Next. Just feel stupid. There's a lot of times where I do things and I'm like, gosh, I just feel stupid. Why would I do this? Next. Maybe the name that you feel is you're unforgivable. But God, you don't know what I did. Rick, you don't know what I've just done. I don't feel forgivable. Next, unacceptable. You don't feel accepted by family. You don't feel acceptable, accepted by people. And then what happens when we start getting into these things, we feel like we have to kind of make a name for ourselves. And so that leads us into more trouble. Social media 
is such an incredible tool that will take us down this road because we start to make a name for ourselves by, you know, let's, let's think about it. Nobody gets a really horrible picture when you used to weigh 30 pounds more and makes it your Facebook profile, right? You get that picture like, Hey, I think of, Oh, that's that, that shirt looks good on me. I've got oh, profile picture, right? Here I am with my kids and man, they are cute. I'm a little cuter, but Hey, profile picture. So we start to kind of create and make our own name. It's just to, to, to make a name for ourselves through social media. Next <clears throat> is your name is, you're just dealing with depression all the time. You're ugly. Or as we, how we think in the, in the church, well, I'm divorced. Because a lot of times this is like the worst sin in the world for Christian people. Next. You're an orphan. You're unlovable. Go next. You're just one big disappointment. Oh, let me see if I can take these off here. So we see all these names for Jesus. And that we will read some scripture verses in a minute that really show us who we are in Christ. And we all have those areas of our life where we just don't feel worthy. And we keep putting on the old name tag. And that becomes our identity. I can tell you for me, the big one for me I've been wearing most of my life is guilty. I feel guilty for so many things and I feel guilty over things I should never feel guilty of. But really God doesn't see this. He heal. He wants to heal me of this. He wants, he's, he's still walking me through this process of this. And when God sees me, he sees this. When God sees me, he sees me as joint heirs with Jesus. He sees me as a person that's a healer. He sees me a peace and person that I can't be like Jesus, the advocate. I can't be like Jesus, the mediator, but I can help other people get to him. He sees me as the leader. He sees me who he's created me to be. He sees me as a destiny changer. But still, I gotta deal with this. See what I want you to do? Take your phone out, and uh, I'm gonna have you take a couple of pictures. Take your phone out, and I'm gonna have you take a picture of some of the verses, the verses that we're gonna put on the screen. So I'm gonna have you do something here in a second. You can go there. Next, the next verse. Let's look at. Colossians chapter two. This is one of my favorite verses. But as I put these up on the screen, I want you just to take your phone. I think there's 12 of them. So just take your phone 
And I do this a lot in church nowadays when I'm taking notes and I see a verse. I'm like, and so just just take a picture of these uh, of these verses of each one of them, and then we're going to do something with them. But Colossians chapter two. So you also are complete through your union with Christ. Everybody say this: I am complete. That is incredible when you read this verse. I am, so you are all you also are complete through your union with, union with Christ, who is the head over every ruler and every authority. Galatians chapter two. Take a next, take a shot of this one. You have been. Some of these are going to be verses you're really familiar with. You have been crucified with Christ and. And I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the real life I now live, um, I, I, I now have within this body is a result of my trusting in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Zephaniah, the Lord your God is with you, the mighty warrior who saves. He will take great delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you. That is awesome that he will no longer rebuke us. Also says in Isaiah that when he, Jesus died on the cross, God was satisfied with, with, with Jesus dying on the cross for us. And his wrath will not be poured out up on us. He says, and it goes on and says, but rejoice over you with singing. Next simple verse, but it's so good. Next one, 2 Corinthians, behold, all things have become new. Next is, uh, go to the next one there for me. I think it's Galatians, uh, it's, uh, Galatians right? Yeah, we read that one already. Could you get the next one for me? Sorry. There you go. Galatians chapter 2. I've been crucified with Christ, and I myself no longer live, but Christ lives in me. And the real life I now have within this body is a result of trusting in the Son of God who, who loved me and gave himself for me. Next one, Isaiah 46. Even in your old age, I am he. And even to your even to your advanced old age, I will carry you. I have made you and I will carry you. Be assured I will carry you and I will save you. Next one in Ephesians. This one's two slides, so push fast. <laughs> and I pray that the eyes of your heart, this is from the Amplified, because I really love the, what this says here. And and I pray that the eyes of your heart, the very center of your core of your being may be enlightened, flooded with the light by the Holy Spirit, so that you will know and cherish the hope, the divine guarantee, the confident expectation to which he has called you, the riches of his glory, glorious inheritance in the saints, God's people. Next verse, verse 19. And so that you will begin to know what the immeasurable and unlimited and unsurpassing greatness of his power is. And all of us who believe these are in accordance with the working of his mighty strength. Next, Romans chapter eight. And since we are his children, we are his heirs. We are his heirs. In fact, together with Christ, we are heirs of God's glory. But if we are to share his glory, we must also share his sufferings. Tough stuff is going to come, but we are still joint heirs with him. He has adopted us. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 4, or excuse me, John chapter 14, I will not leave you as orphans. 
My dad, his father left him when he was five years old. And he never saw him, never saw him again. He was the executor of my dad's estate because the man didn't have any more kids. So when he died, they called my dad up and told him where he lived, and my dad had to go take care of things. That'd be pretty tough. But he did it. But when I talked to my dad about Jesus said he would not leave us as orphans and that he prepared a mansion for him. It, as I was reading some of these verses to my dad, they became alive to me again because I'd kind of forgotten some of this. I'd kind of forgotten really who I am and really who I am and who God, how God sees me. Colossians 1. Let's go to the next one. And you who once were alienated and hostile in mind, doing evil deeds, he has now reconciled his body of, uh, body of flesh by his death in order to present you holy and blameless and above reproach before him. We are holy and we are blameless and we are above reproach. That's so good. Galatians chapter 3. Keep snapping your pictures there, and we'll be done here in just a second. So in, in Christ Jesus, you are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ Jesus have closed yourself, yourselves with Christ. Next, Colossians 1. But now he has reconciled you by Christ's physical body through the death of to present you holy in his sight without blemish and free of accusation. Think about that. Who on this planet could we ever stand in front of and them not be able to accuse us of something, even one thing that's not been good? Nobody. Last couple of verses here. I love this one. And I will give you, this is this last verse, and I will give you treasures hidden in the darkness, secret riches, I will do this so you may know that I am the Lord, the God of Israel, the one who calls you by name. When he sees you, when he sees you, he sees all of these that, you know what? You are the light of the world. You are a joint heir with him. You're a comforter. God is using you and wants to continue to use you to be a deliverer. So in front of you, you're going to find some uh, Hello, My Name Is stickers in front of you. There's going to be two of them. There's going to be two of them. Is BJ still here? BJ, would you come up and play something sweet for us? Do you mind? So here's what I want you to do. There's two, there's two stickers in front of you, two of these. There, and if you don't have any, there's some of these are on these. So you can just take a couple, like take two of these. But um, everybody should have some stickers in front of you. They're blank. If you don't have any, you can lift your hand and we'll have an usher get you some, but there should be some. Here's some of these right here. And they are, you know, there you go. Okay. And you, obviously you'll need a pen. But here's what I want you to do. Just take a few minutes, a minute or so, and what is it that's your name that either makes you crazy, 
or keeps coming up or something that's maybe happened recently that you've just got to get rid of. And just write that down. You don't have to show it to anybody. Just write it down. Now, here's what I want you to do. I want you to go back on your phone and look, just take a glance at these verses or maybe something's already jumped out to you. And now take that other name tag and write it down. That one word of who you are in Christ Jesus. And write that down. Who you are in Christ Jesus. Look at those verses that we wrote that we that we took pictures of. Take it, you can take a minute. Now, the one name that you have on your tag that you're getting rid of today, I want you to just take it and just crumble it up, stick it in your pocket, throw it in the trash on your way out. Take your other one, stick it in your pocket when you go home. Look at it, remember it, study it, and really claim it for yourself. I am 
Oh, Heavenly Father, we thank you that we are your kids and that you accept us, that we are chosen, that we are holy, that we are redeemed, that there's no accusations. I thank you that in Ephesians 1, you tell us that in advance you adopted us. I thank you for that. I thank you, Lord, that you tell us in Romans that even though we were sinners, you sent Christ to die for us. Thank you for that, Father. We thank you for that, Father. Amen and amen. You guys, thank you so much for coming today. I hope you've been blessed. I hope you're leaving with a new name tag on you today. And uh, fellowship as you go and you are dismissed.